writers, authors, book nerds, and all creatives. Welcome to another episode of the E-Reads Podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Daniel Hess, a filmmaker from Baltimore, Maryland. Born with aortic valve stenosis, Daniel found his focus on academia and creativity developed from a young age. Now, in life, moving past open heart surgery to replace his valve, he has self-published a collection of poetry, Just a Boy Blaming Himself, and his first novel, Focus Puller, in addition to his screenwriting work. And he joins me this episode to discuss how writing is a cathartic practice and he shares how he used writing as a tool to heal from so many different things in his life. And I hope that you can take away how you can use writing to amplify and heal in your life. All right, let's jump in. Welcome, Daniel. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Good, good. I'm so glad to have you and talk about your work because you have a new book, you are a screenwriter, and uh, you had a really interesting post about writing being cathartic or healing. And I was like, ooh, this is my jam. So I can't wait for us to talk <laughs> about that today. No, that's, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that's always been a very helpful source for me throughout life. Awesome. But before we, we jump into that, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. All right. So do you prefer audiobooks or traditional books? You know, if you have to sit down, you can only have one form going forward. How are you reading? I'm I'm sticking traditional. Uh, I'm I'm old school and I just love that, like, that, you know, just opening the book, the smells, the just reading it and just being in your own little universe as you go. So I'm traditional all the way. I gotta agree. There's just something (laughs) about like the sensory of just um, holding a book and like, I thought I had lost it. I had be to be honest, because I had been like Mm. a while since I'd been in a Barnes and Nobles, right? Big reader, like no, no. But I had went in after like reading all these audio books and it was just like, I picked up a book and (laughs) feeling like the pages go through your fingers and just like, I was like, yeah, this is better. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's like, that's how, you know, when, when you go back into it and you're just like, this is home, that's it. (laughs) That's exactly it. But you know, Daniel, tell you do a lot of different forms of writing. So you do screenwriting, you put out a book of poetry and you just put out a novel. So tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about some of the work that you've recently put out. Yeah, so my most recent novel is a book called Focus Pooler, which is a very big character study, essentially. Um, A lot of that was kind of based off of experience that I've had over the years and everything. Um, But it was my first time, and it was, you know, one of those things that was pretty daunting, but kind of just took it step by step. And outside of that, you know, poetry has always been the thing that has been the, the... you know, if I'm on the go or just having a moment and I just pick up my phone, grab my little notepad app and just start writing poems. Um, it's been that way ever since I was a kid, really. Yeah, I, I really um, I, I took a look at both of the, the works and I liked how the poems were very personal. Right. Like um, there was one about like um, being in the dark at night and referencing it was nice to kind of like look out and not be seen and like there's just this nice imagery through the poems and with focus puller 
um, you start off kind of like really powerful in this description of this girl and this boy and that experience. And so it's an interesting journey. Yeah, I mean, I really with Focus Puller, like what's always fascinated me is not just seeing my own perspective in life, Mm -hmm. but also identifying other perspectives. So it wasn't really planned out that way. But as I was writing, I just wanted to take in how these other characters were viewing this guy. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, I think it's I think that's a powerful thing that many of us forget to do is just to take a moment and try to look at someone else's perspectives or take into consideration what they're going through in their own personal lives and just trying to identify that. So that was a big part of the book for me as I was like diving more into the writing process with it. Absolutely. And like, I love how you talked about being able to like look from different perspectives because like, that's what writing is. Like you are, how does this character see this moment, which can be very different from another character in the scene and they experience it different, just like people, right? We all go through an experience and can experience it in so many different ways. So like, I love that. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I think it's funny because, you know, a lot of people say they're like, they people watch, but I think a lot of people don't people study. (laughs) I think that's, that's what you have to be able to do is like, you know, not just sit there and say, okay, there, there's people sitting on the beach or something. Like for me, when I'm out and about and seeing stuff like that, I'm picturing, you know, what was their journey to this place? What is their day going to be after this? Like, what is maybe the drama that's going on? And yeah, it's not just watching, it's, it's studying. And I think there's a big difference in how you can approach those things in life. Oh, I I love that because even our characters that we create, they're more than just that moment. Like there's a a point that got them there. Whether you choose to tell that part of the story, it's still a part of the character and how they see things, how they move through, through the story. Um, Love that, that illustration. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky. I remember in film school, uh, I had a screenwriting teacher who kind of was like, you know, with your characters, it's like your main characters, you should know, what they eat for breakfast, what they like to have with dinner, you know, what's their favorite drink, like all these things that are never going to be said, Mm -hmm. but you should still have those details in there. And that sort of a thought process has always kind of stuck with me ever since then. Absolutely. Absolutely. And tell us a little bit, what was behind that post you did about writing being a healing process? Like what, what helped, helped that come about? Yeah. I mean, for me, writing sort of took on and creativity in general sort of took on a very different form after I lost my best friend and also cousin to cystic fibrosis. Uh, he was 14 when he passed away and I was only 10. Um, and he actually passed away 10 days before my 11th birthday. And it was just a huge devastating loss. I mean, he was the big brother that I didn't have, you know, because I was the oldest in my family. And that was the point where I started identifying that like journaling, writing poems, just writing in general were all ways to get the things out to say that I couldn't say out loud. Mm. And, And that was the turning point where creativity went from something that was just kind of a fun imagination exercise to 
this is something a lot deeper and can mean a ton when it comes to healing. And I mean, it helped me through those times and all those years that were after that with the whole grieving and healing process. I I love that because I think sometimes we can look at writing linearly, like you have to write about the moment that was painful, but Mm -hmm. just the act of just writing and creating can be healing and it can help you just kind of explore things. Cause sometimes it's hard to like, look at it like, okay, this is how I felt when I went through it. But like, all right, let me take a step out. What did this character feel going through that? What does this character do to deal with it? And it can be very, very healing to use writing as a tool to explore how you're feeling, how things are going on in the world, to use your voice to to connect with others. So I love that. Yeah, I mean, I consider myself pretty lucky because from a young age, I mean, my mom, she's a psychotherapist. So psychology was always mm-hmm. in the forefront. And she kind of always pushed that, like to be able to explore feelings and write things down and, you know, not this aggressive kind of like manliness that can mm-hmm. come, especially with growing up in a small town. Right, right. Um, and so I was never really afraid of getting that out on the page, you know, because of those aspects that can sometimes hold you back. So I do consider myself lucky that, you know, I had a mom like that who understood, you know, psychological needs and, and things like that and exploring that with with me and not really talking down to me about it, but kind of helping me to explore it in my own life. Absolutely. What has been like the number one thing you've learned through writing, like your writing takeaway? Um, I mean, for me, what I love about writing and and the process of it all is that you get to build something Mm. and you, you get to build something that is completely your own and you get to take everybody on this journey with you. And just that feeling of community I mean, that has become such a big, huge the part of my life. The community is so epic, like so supportive. That's what I mean. It's amazing. And f- coming from someone who, you know, growing up, I had a heart condition that no one else had. I had this loss that no one else I knew mm-hmm. had. I always felt very isolated. Right. So as I've gotten older, you know, community has become such a huge thing for me. And I do love that the writing community is so closely knit Mm -hmm. and everyone is so supportive. So just being able to to be a part of that is pretty different for me in the best way possible because it's really something that I feel like I've spent a long chunk of my life really looking for. Mm, I love that. And just can you share a little bit of one of your works um, with the the E-Reads podcast? Yeah, um, let me grab, I have a copy of my book here. I can read a little bit of a chapter if that's okay. And Yeah, absolutely. And this is from Focus Puller, which uh, was published in May of this year, right? A couple months ago. Yep, not too long ago. Yeah. Let's see. There we go. So I'll do, this chapter is called Missy. Mm-hmm. I was with Ben for two years. We met on Match.com, a dating app for those who are more serious about finding a long-term relationship. 
I worked a long time as a flight attendant and had a lot of times in my life filled with partying and drugs. I was ready to let go of all that and begin to find the person I was going to be with. When we matched, I was honestly drunk. I took one look over his profile and he looked nothing he looked like nothing more than a total tool. My whole purpose for even starting any conversation with him was just to troll him. I think he didn't understand what I was trying to do, or maybe he just wasn't paying enough attention, but somehow the conversation moved past all of that. Next thing I knew, I was meeting him for a drink in Towson. Ben was a true curiosity to me. I remember that terrible outfit he wore on our, onto our first date. He had red vans, bright red jorts, and a button-up white tee with pizza slices all over it. It truly took all of my strength not to just laugh him out of the room. I figured I'd at least get a free drink out of the whole affair. I wouldn't say he passed the first date test with flying colors. It was a bit awkward, but it was enough for us to go see a movie that night. We held hands, and he semi-tricked me into going to a concert with him the following week. He was cute, you know, and being around him was infectious. There was this innocent charm that he carried about that made it easy to want to spend more time with. However, the problem was that this could only go on for so long. Ben had this serious issue with just overthinking. He was always so worried about things like money and didn't have any stability in what he did for a living. I also felt like he had held my bipolar against me. Like he told me in conversations when it came to kids especially that he didn't want to do that out of fear of having a child with issues of any kind. He was just too wishy-washy and couldn't make a concrete decision with confidence on just about anything. I knew what I wanted in my life and that involved going back to school. But he felt like he had to stay in the exact spot he was at in order to keep things moving. It was this safety mindset that keeps a person from failing, but also keeps them from gaining a true reward in life. Looking back, I feel kind of sad for Ben in that regard. I tried so very hard to make sure he could overcome his issues. There just wasn't a return for me with the same level of care. He proposed to me. We were set to get married in California. I was genuinely happy, and I know my parents at least were excited. They liked Ben, despite their reservations for our joint life decisions. It was a simple issue of commitment on every level. He just couldn't do it. There was an opportunity for a steady job, us being married, and a nice apartment in Atlanta, in addition to a home back in Maryland that we could have rented out. It was all something that could have been, a thought that has faded at least for me. I still hope he is doing okay, though, despite everything that happened between us. Mm. I like how you started off, but, you know, um, for matches, for those who are serious about dating and then it didn't go too well, kind of like this cat and mouse is up and down and then mm -hmm. they get married, they could be happy. And then you leave us with, but are they real? kind of like, are they really happy? And it's, it's a nice up and it's a nice emotional ride. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And tell us how can the, the listeners find um, a focus puller? Yeah, so Focus Puller is uh, on Amazon, and it will also be, right now I'm on the, what I call, Indie Bookstore Tour, where I'm reaching out to lots of different indie bookstores all over the country. Um, it's in about four or five now, but hopefully it'll be in more uh, as the year goes on. So if, if you go to indie bookstores frequently, it, it might show up there one day. That is awesome. Like that is a big deal. Um, and that's a good tip. So indie authors, if you're listening, hit up your local indie bookstore and you never know what might happen. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, no doubt about that for sure. Just do the outreach and, you know, they they might be looking for plenty of local authors for sure. Awesome. Daniel, this has been wonderful. Any last things you want to leave the listeners with? How can they find you? Uh, either website, socials? Yeah, so uh, the easiest spot hub for me is uh, twotonyproductions.com. Um, that has links to pretty much all my social media accounts. And as far as like parting words, I mean, I always just promote, again, be studious in life mm-hmm. and don't stop asking questions, being inquisitive, uh, just trying to identify ways you can grow. Uh, the enemy is always stagnation. So just keep studying and growing as much as you can. I love that. I love that. I love that. And one last thing is I like to leave the listeners with a prompt. It could be a word. It could be a phrase. But if I had to say, okay, leave the listeners with a prompt so that they can go off and be creative, what would you leave us with? Um, I could, if it was just a word, I would say, I don't know why this popped in my head right away, but windmill. Ooh. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fun. All right, listeners, you heard it. Windmill. The prompt is windmill. Um, stay tuned to the end of the episode to see what I do with that prompt, but use it to be creative, whether that's in baking, writing, art, or music, the prompt is windmill. Love it. All right, Daniel, thank you and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. My tears lie beneath the windmill, fueling it to turn. Its transparent panes shield me from the sun, but not from the harsh reality of what is to come. With choice taken from my womb, I wrestle between the ways to get to my destination. My desire remains, my want is still present. Yet they stole my choice from me. The windmill cannot stop the wind, nor can a man stop my decision. Hard as either might try, I will still complete my desire. Whether alone or in the shadows, one court vote will not rule my life.